0: Tonight, we're going to wrap up our study on the fruits of the Spirit. Um, We've been focusing these last couple of weeks on the the latter three of these fruits, uh, which are ones that uh, force us to kind of look within, look at ourselves and evaluate ourselves um, in consideration of these things. We've already talked about um, uh, faithfulness, and gentleness, and now we wrap up with self-control. Um, this is um, this is the fruit um, that we really need the most when it comes to fighting against um, those things that are listed earlier—the works of the flesh, the fleshly lusts, if you will. Um, you know, this section. Doesn't start in verses twenty two and twenty three. It starts way back in verse sixteen, talking about, of course, Paul's uh, encouraging the church to walk in the Spirit, and he um, outlines several desires of the flesh that are against the Spirit. And we've compared those or contrasted them rather with the fruits of the Spirit and how they compare. And we'll we'll wrap up our study tonight as we, and look at that as well. Um, Self control. Um, I mentioned. I think at the beginning of this uh, study that our shower curtain in our bathroom has the fruits of the spirit on it, and self-control is not one of them. And I thought, hmm, why doesn't this translation have it? Well, I did some research, and all of the translations have self-control. Apparently, it's a, printa- uh, a printing error. Or they were just lazy and didn't want to put self-control on the shower curtain, because it, it takes each of the other fruits, and there's another part of the shower curtain, so there's like joy up here and love over here. Maybe they just couldn't find an extra verse for self-control, which there's a lot of them, so I don't know why that was so difficult. Anyways, all the translations should have self-control at the end. The Greek has it, uh, and the Greek word that is there is ekrataa. No, ekrataa. There we go. Ekrataa. Now, the root of this word is not egg. Uh, The root of the word... (laughs) is kratos. Kratos uh, means strength. In fact, it is the god of strength for the Greeks. Um, But the word itself means one holding himself in, um, ekrotea. Thayer's Greek Dictionary uh, defines it as the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. Um, Another commentator that I found said, where this virtue exists, temptations can have little influence, and when we look at the life of Jesus and we look at the temptations that he faced, he was very self-controlled. Um, each time, uh, it didn't seem, uh, you know, with the with the um, accounts that we have of the temptation of Christ, it didn't seem that there was any kind of internal battle that Jesus was fighting. Right when when Satan. Tempted him with something, you know, turn these, breads, or, turn, these, turn these breads into stone. Turn these stones into bread. Um, that's from the Dyslexics Bible, right? Uh, turn, these, turn these stones into bread. Jesus, there was not this pause that we see, and Jesus is like, hmm, I am pretty hungry, right? No, Jesus was self-controlled. He immediately was prepared and was able to respond to that. Um, and so those who are led by the Spirit, those who walk in the Spirit, should um, produce this self-control in their lives. And I would I would have to say that out of all of these fruits of the Spirit that we've talked about so far, this is probably the hardest. Because in the world that we live in today, um, there's a lot of things that require self-control. Whether it's how we treat our money, how we um, shop at the grocery store, how we eat, right? Dale talked about gluttony. While that is not a fruit of the Spirit... It definitely falls into those sins um, that are works of the flesh. Gluttony is a selfish desire. It is something that, if you don't have self control over the food that you're eating, you can be gluttonous. So, self control is something that that is a difficult thing, not just in spiritual realms, right? In the the spiritual things, not realms, but spiritual aspects of our life, but also in the, the other aspects of our lives as well. Now, in terms of how this is seen in the life of a Christian, um, as I mentioned before, it is necessary in dealing with these fleshly lusts, um, and it is necessary to overcoming the works of the flesh, like fornication and outbursts of wrath. If you look back at verses 19 and 20 of Galatians 5, this is where Paul kind of lists these things out. He says, "The the works of the flesh are evident... Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. right All of those things, if you have self-control, can be overcome or avoided altogether. The um, spirit, right? we're talking about walking in the spirit. If you turn over, look at Romans chapter 8. Verses 11 through 14. The Spirit is given uh, to the Christian, of course, in the act of baptism and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is given to aid us in this regard. If you look at verse 11 through uh, 14. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Right? So the Spirit dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Right? Deeds of the body, works of the flesh. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So, the Spirit is an aid to us in this. Um, The Spirit's aid comes in response, as we kind of talked about this morning, in asking for it in prayer. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14 here. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Right. So the Spirit is something that aids us in this, and it is um, acquired, of course, through prayer. And we also must be willing to stand strong uh, in our fight or in our um, battle against these temptations that we make may face um, in terms of our self-control. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Flip over there real quick. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 12, talks about this battle and, and the fact that we need to stand strong in the power of God's might. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And he goes on and he says, also for me. You notice that prayer tagged that out, right, at the end of that. We're to put on the full armor of God. That armor is to be worn as a battlement, as as a preparedness... For the battles that we face, you don't put armor on if you're not expecting battle to come at you, or at least prepared for it in some capacity. All right police officers put on body armor, they put on bulletproof vests when they go out for work. Same with the army. when they go out to, to battle, they put on their life they, not life vests. they put on <laughs> well, they pretty much are life vests. They, that could be a good name for them. Um, they put on bulletproof vests. They put that armor on because the possibility of attack is there. And the same thing goes for us. We talked this morning that the devil is like a prowling lion, just waiting to find someone to devour. And if we're not prepared, if we're not standing firm in God's might um, through prayer, through um, you know, regular study of God's Word, then when that battle comes, we may not be prepared with the full armor of God. We may just have a couple pieces on. We haven't, you know, I haven't fully got my shoes on yet. I don't have the breastplate fully tied on yet. Self-control is a big key to all of it. Because as I mentioned before, without self-control, temptations, you fall into them. So, self-control is something, of course, that we need to have regularly in our lives so to kind of wrap all of this up all the fruits of the spirit um, the third um, grouping here that we've been talking about faithfulness which is the virtue of reliability is the character of one who can be depended upon gentleness is the kind of treatment of others Um, We talked about the definition of this being one who is born, uh, or actions that are born of humility, born out of humility. Uh, And then self-control, the ability to hold oneself in, mastering our desires and passions. We need to be in control over those things. Previously, uh, in the, the last lessons that we've gone through in this, we noted Um, the contrast between the Spirit and the flesh. Those who walk by the Spirit experience love, joy, and peace. Those who indulge lusts of the flesh experience hatred, jealousies, and outbursts of wrath. Those who walk by the Spirit experience patience, kindness, and goodness. Those who indulge uh, the fleshly lusts experience contentions, envy, selfish ambitions. Right, Those other things that are listed up there. And now tonight... As we wrap this up, those who walk by the Spirit experience faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But those who walk in the flesh or indulge in fleshly lusts experience jealousies, contentions, and immorality. Now in previous lessons, as I kind of wrapped up each section of graces, I asked the question of which would we rather have? Would we rather have a life that's infused with love, joy, and peace by the Spirit of God? Or would we rather have a life that's inflicted by hatred, jealousies, outbursts of wrath due to fleshly lusts? Or would we rather have a life that's developing patience, kindness, and goodness with the help of the Spirit? Or a life devastated by contentions, envy, selfish ambitions due to our own fleshly lusts? Or would we like to have a life that's exuding faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control with the aid of the Spirit? Or, on the flip side of that, a life that's exhausted by jealousies, contentions, and immorality due to your own fleshly lusts. Now, we've talked before about, and we talked a little bit this morning about the rich and the poor and, and how there have been... Um, very rich individuals who reached the end of their lives on this earth, and they had spent their entire lives seeking after wealth. When they got to the end of their life, as they neared the end, they became more and more philanthropic. They started giving their money away more because they had so much they didn't know what to do with it. But then they also started realizing, I just wasted all my life for something that, when I die, goes to somebody else. I either leave it to a charitable organization, I start a trust, it goes to my kids, and they do with it whatever they want. The things of this world are temporary. They are perishing, they are passing away. But the kingdom of God is not. It is eternal. And Jesus gives us all a choice. Through Christ's blood, He can cleanse us of our sins, through the Spirit, He can empower us to live holy and righteous lives. We have to be willing to accept that choice. We have to be willing to live with that choice as well. Galatians 5.16, as so we wrap up, Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I think the biggest takeaway from this series and this section of Scripture here in Galatians and as we've kind of been talking about the past several weeks, as we've read through Hebrews and Titus and Philemon and James, Timothy, Timothy and Thessalonians, all of those, and as we continue in Peter and and First um, and Second Peter, John, we have responsibilities and obligations as Christians. This isn't a this isn't a life that is intended to be easy. All right. Jesus said it wasn't going to be easy. Adam and I were talking this morning. Um, you know, the, the things in life, and we can, tell, we can read the things in Scripture. You know, we can read these fruits of the Spirit, and we can say, okay, I need to do these better. If we do those things, it'll work, right? But it's not going to be easy. We're all going to face trials. It's going to happen. It's not going to be easy. But if we do it the right way, if we seek the wisdom and we approach it with wisdom, then, of course, we build up that endurance. We build up that perseverance. We build up that wisdom and ultimately receive that crown of life at the end. So if we can assist you tonight with any need that you have, um, be it through study or prayer, or if you wish to um, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and be forgiven of your sins in baptism, we can assist you with that tonight as well. if we can help you, you can come forward uh, now while we stand and sing.